Turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 1. And this is going to be a first of a number of messages that I think will be very helpful to you and will really bless you and will fill your heart with truth. You know, there, there are a lot of confusing voices in the world today. Not only in the secular world, but in the spiritual world. Just confusion. What's the truth? What's a lie? What can you believe? What can't you but not cannot believe? I, I think there's a longing in our hearts for truth. That we just can build our lives on the truth. And so what I want to do is uh, speak to you in the next few weeks about Jesus is the truth. Now here's a great verse. Hebrews chapter 1. And I want you to listen to this because there's a a statement here that that you need to receive. And then you'll see why I'm going to be preaching on the, the verses that I'm preaching on in weeks to come. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. Here it is. God who at various times and in various ways spoke. God has spoken and God is speaking. Hear me. Who various times and various ways spoke. God has spoken and God is still speaking. God who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past by the To the fathers by the prophets. God's voice in the Old Testament was basically the voice of the prophets. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Amos, on and on we could go. He spoke in times past by the prophets. But listen to this. In these last days, that's now, has spoken to us by his son. Oh, God is speaking to us today by his son. In times past, he spoke by the prophets. I'm not saying God still doesn't speak through men, but I am saying to you that God has spoken. It's kind of like God has given a final word, and it's Jesus. God has in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom he made the worlds and talking about his son who is the brightness of his glory the express image of his person upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins set down at the right hand of the majesty on high God has spoken and is speaking to us today Through his son, Jesus. Now, there's a great battle going on between truth and lies. Or to put it more simple, there's a great battle going on on, between Jesus, who is truth, and the devil and his demons, who are liars. The Bible makes it absolutely clear. In John chapter 1, verses 14, 16, and 17, it says, Jesus is the truth. He is full of grace and truth. Let me read it. In John 1, 14, it says, 
And the word, hey, by the way, isn't interesting that Jesus is called the word of God. He's called the word of God. It's God has given us a word. And he physically came into this world in the name of Jesus. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father, underline this, full of grace and, say the word, truth. Jesus is full of grace and truth. All right? And then you go over to John chapter 14, verse 6. Guess what it says? Jesus in John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So, hey, Jesus is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. And God has spoken truth to us. Hear me now. God has spoken truth to us through his son. Oh, but turn to John 840, uh, 8.44, I believe it is. And guess what? The devil's a liar. There's a battle between truth and lies. Jesus is full of grace and truth. He said, I am the truth. But then you get over there in John chapter 8, verse 44. And boy, I mean, Jesus, he didn't mince any words when he described the devil. Look at verse 44. He was talking to the Pharisees. And it, it's on the screen, so you don't have to try to find it. it. says, you are of your father, the devil. I mean, Jesus wasn't trying to win friends and influence people, I'm telling you. He said to the scribes and Pharisees, you are of your father, the devil. And the desires of your father, you want to do. Then he talks about the devil. He was a murderer. First thing he did was have Cain kill Abel. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there, listen to this, there is no truth in him. It is impossible for the devil or a demon to speak the truth. It is impossible. There is no truth in the devil or in one of the demons that was cast out of heaven with him. He says there is no truth in him when he speaks, listen to this, he speaks a lie. When he speaks, he speaks from his own resources. He is a liar and the father of it. You know, there's a battle going on between Jesus, who is truth, and the devil, who is lies. So what we need to do is this. We need to focus on the truth. Now, you know, uh, in, in some Bibles, the words of Jesus are printed in red. You know that? Have any of y'all got a Bible where it's printed in red? Mine's printed. Yeah, I like that. You know, not that they're more inspired than the other ones. I mean, but I mean, it's just Jesus, all the Bible is the inspired word of God. All the Bible is the inspired word of God. But in our day, the word of Jesus to us is the most important word we can hear. Did you hear me? You need to know what Jesus said about it, not what the latest religious leader said about it. You need to know what Jesus said about it. And so what we're going to do is this. We're just going to see what Jesus said about it. And I'm not going to use anything but the words of Jesus. Let me tell you what subjects we're going to deal with. Oh, by the way, uh, to show you how Satan is a liar, 
You know, he first appeared in the Bible, and he appeared as a serpent to Eve in Genesis 3, verses 2 through 4. You remember? He first appeared as a snake, and guess what he did? All he did was lie. He, he asked Eve, he said, now Eve, uh, can you eat of all the tree of the garden? Yeah, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden. And he goes on and says, you know, but God told us if we ate of the, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we would die. And I want you to listen to what the devil said. In verse 6, the serpent said to the woman in verse 4, Eve said, God told us if he would eat of the tree, we would die. In verse 4, first thing the devil out, out of the devil's mouth, other than ask Eve if she could eat the tree of the garden, he told a lie. The serpent said to her, you will not die. He's a liar. She lied spiritually the moment she sinned. And so the first time he appears, he appears as a liar. And so what we're going to do is say, okay, by the way, when Jesus left, now stay with me. He said, I'm going to go back to my father. I'm going to sit at his right hand of majesty on high. And this morning, if we could open heaven, we would see Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father in power, in majesty, in authority, and glory, with all power in heaven and on earth. Jesus is in the place of authority and victory. Praise his holy name. But he said, I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to leave you alone down here. I'm going to send my spirit, the Holy Spirit, to you. Now, in John chapter 14, verse 16, Look what he called the Holy Spirit. John 14, 16. Man, it, it, every time Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit that he would send and the Father would send, you know what he called him? He called him the Spirit of truth. Oh, Jesus is still speaking today. He's speaking through the Holy Spirit. And he, the Bible says he's the Spirit of truth. John 14, verse Verse 15, he says he's going to send the comforter. He said, in verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, another just like me, a helper, the comforter, the Holy Spirit, that he may abide with you forever. Well, who is this comforter? Who is this Holy Spirit? The Spirit of truth. Jesus said, I am the truth. My spirit will come and indwell you, and he is the spirit of truth. He is because he, the spirit of truth, because the world cannot receive it, because he, they know him but never have, don't know him. So, see, it's all about truth, y'all. Listen, we're living in a world that's confused. We're living in a world that every lie that can be told is being told. And the tra trouble is that people, instead of believing the truth, are listening to the lies. And they're on, they're on every form of media that there is. And so we listen. God's people, we have got to know the truth. And we have to walk in the truth. Because God, it, Jesus, is the truth. He's the spirit of truth. And Jesus said in John 16 that he would guide us. Listen to me. Jesus said the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. All right, the Bible says that in the last days, stay with me, 
there's going to be a lot of deception. And a lot of people are going to believe the lies. It says that. That, that they're going to, there's going to be deceiving. There's going to be deception in the spiritual world and in every world. And the Bible says in 2 Thessalonians 2, we don't need to turn over there. It says that people are going to believe a lie. And it says in 2 Timothy 4, 1, 2, it says they're going to fall away and they're going to believe lies. So I'm telling you, the battle is raging today between truth and lies. Jesus is the truth. So what does Jesus say about those things that are important? Well, I got to thinking, you know, Jesus spoke the truth about life. You want to know what life's all about? Just read the words of Jesus. Jesus spoke the truth about death. You really want to know what death is all about? Then you read the words of Jesus. You know, Jesus spoke the truth about hell and heaven. Oh, they take a poll all the time. How many people believe in heaven? 75%. How many people believe in hell? 3%. Can I tell you one thing? I don't care what the polls say. I know what Jesus said. That's ridiculous. God's not taking a poll in heaven saying, what do you think I ought to do? Jesus spoke the truth about life, about death, about heaven, about hell. He spoke the truth about marriage. He even spoke the truth about divorce. He spoke the truth about sex. What Sunday are you going to preach on that, Brother Fred? I don't know. He, he, he spoke the truth about money. See, Jesus spoke the truth about everything. And so what we're going to do is, well, what did Jesus say about money? What did Jesus say about marriage? What did Jesus say about heaven? What did Jesus say about hell? That's exactly what we're going to look at in the weeks to come. And today I'm going to begin with the most important. What did Jesus have to say about life? What's so important? What he you know, we are living in a day when there's no value placed on human life. Human life is not valued. Not at all. But Jesus, man, you talk about the value of life and the purpose of life. Jesus absolutely spoke about it with such clarity that if you want to know how, what the truth is about life, I want to show you this morning what Jesus said. Did you know that Jesus said in the New Testament, I'm going to give you his words, that we are created in the image of God? You said, now, I know Brother Fred in Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it says this. And God said, let us. Hey, by the way, who was us? And God said, let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And God said, let us make man in our own image after our likeness. And let him have dominion over the sea and the fish of the sea, uh, the dominion over the fowl of the air and the fish of the sea. Hey, Jesus was there when God created you and me or Adam and Eve. Jesus was right there when God created the first man and woman in his image. And Jesus, who is God, became flesh and lived among us. You say, but Brother Fred, I don't know anywhere in the New Testament that it says that Jesus says that we're created in the image of God. I didn't either, but God showed it to me. Turn to Luke chapter 20. This will bless you. 
Man, in his own way of teaching, Jesus just said, I want you to know that man and woman is created in the image of God. Luke 20, 22 to 25. All right. Now, they were trying to trap Jesus. Now, here's what Jesus said about life. He said that man is created. It's the truth. Man and woman are created in the image of God. All right. They were trying to trap Jesus. Verse 22. Is it lawful for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But he perceived their craftiness, and this is what he said. Well, why do you uh, test me? Show me a denarius. Show me a coin. Now, these are the words of Jesus. Show me a coin. Whose image and inscription is on it? He said, you ask him if it's right. Just just show me a coin and look at it. Tell me whose image is on it. They answered and said, well, Caesar's. So here was the denarius, and on their stamp was the image of Caesar. And then he said to them, listen at this, render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. If it has Caesar's image stamped on it, give it to him. But render to God the things that are God. And Jesus was saying, whose image do you have on you? He was saying, hey, if it's got Caesar's image, give it to him. But you don't have Caesar's image. You have the image of God. And he was just declaring clearly. He said, you need to give to God that which is God's, and that's you because you are in his image. Now, I'm going to tell you, knowing that man and woman are created in the image of God gives them significant value. Now, I don't want to upset you, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. Jesus doesn't believe in evolution. Did you know that? He doesn't believe we began as an amoeba. I learned that in science. An amoeba in the middle of the sea. Got two legs, then we had four, then we crawled out on the sand. And here we are. That's insanity. My God. Jesus doesn't believe in evolution. He was there when God created man in his image. And he said, you've got image, God's image stamped on you. Listen, you, you know why people teach and believe in evolution? Because if they don't, they have to believe there's a God that created them. And they don't want to have to answer to God. That's the whole reason for it. Science doesn't want to admit there's a God who created all things. This Big Bang Theory, Lord, I think you ought to be putting a hot hospital if you believe that my lord oh there was an explosion and here we are i know some people look like they came out of an explosion (laughs) but you understand jesus said let me tell you something about life man and woman are created in the image of god and they have great god they're greatly loved by god and they have great value in the sight of god and he's saying that man and woman are not a higher form of animal life oh no they're divine life created by a holy god i'll tell you another thing jesus doesn't believe in abortion he don't believe in it you say how do you know i'll show you i'll just give you his words Turn over to Matthew 19, 13 and 14. Have you ever noticed the love of Jesus for little children? Man, he loved children. 
And in Matthew 19, verses 13 and 14, they were going to bring the children to Jesus so he could pray for them. And the disciples said, oh, we don't have time for children. Look what Jesus said in 1913. Then the little children were brought to him that he might put his hands on them and pray. But the disciples rebuked him, Lord, you need to spend your time with the adults. But Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them for of such is the kingdom of God. And then there's another passage, the words of Jesus that said, whoever receives a little child in my name receives me. Hey, you know when life begins? At conception. No, life doesn't begin till the baby comes out of the womb. That is a lie. They're not a human being until they come out and breathe air. Come on, man. You know what? If you've had an abortion, God is merciful and God forgives and God heals. And I'm telling you, God can restore that which the devil stole from you. But I'm telling you, abortion is murder. And Jesus said that murder is a sin against God. So I'm going to tell you about Jesus. If you want to know what he believes about evolution, if you want to know what he believes, what, what's true about abortion, you just listen to the words of Jesus. Let the little children come unto me. Don't forbid them. And whose image do you have on you? Let's go on to the second thing Jesus said about life. Jesus said, number two, that... Um, Life is of tremendous value. I want you to turn to Matthew 16, 26. Now, this is written in red, y'all. All these are the words of Jesus. You know, there was a young man, and this is exactly right. There was a young man who had been in drugs and was converted while he was in an institution. And he really got gloriously saved. He was radically transformed overnight. And they let him out. And um, he felt like God was calling him to be a preacher. So he got a Bible and started reading it. And he, he really didn't know uh, what to, uh, to preach. He just didn't know. But he just knew that there were parts of the Bible that was written in red. He was so ignorant, he used to call Job Job. I mean, he didn't, he, did, he didn't know it. But you know what he said? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to read the red and pray for the power. Do you hear what he said? He said, I'm just going to read the words of Jesus. I don't know a lot about the Bible, but I know, I, I know what Jesus said. So I'm just going to say what Jesus said and pray for the power of God. Matthew 16, 23. How valuable is life? How valuable is a life, regardless of their age? How valuable is a life? 16, let's see, verse 26. Listen to what he said. What, for what profit it is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? What will a man give in exchange for his soul? You know, they say every person has their price. Every person can be bought. That's not true. Let me tell you what Jesus said. You know the most valuable 
thing in the world is you, your soul, your life. He said, if you gain the whole world, lose your own soul. It's, it's futile. It's worthless. He said, let me ask you something. What would you give in exchange for your soul? See, Jesus knew the value of one human life. One human life. When it says, for God so loved the world, he wasn't talking about a few people. He was talking about the world. And so we got to understand that Jesus knew that we were created in the image of God and therefore we should belong to God. And, and, and he also knew that our soul was far more valuable than anything we could ever accumulate or ever have. He said, what in the world would you give in exchange for your soul? The third thing Jesus said about life is this. He said, we're in the image of God. Jesus said it has great value. Don't sell your soul. But he also said that we need salvation. That we absolutely need salvation. Some of the greatest words Jesus spoke were in John 3, 3 and 4. You might want to just look on the screen. See, Jesus made the remarkable statement. Now, a lot of people say, Brother Fred, what is salvation? Well, it's belonging to the church. No, it isn't. What is salvation? It's doing good works. No, it isn't. It's good to belong to a Bible-believing church. It's good to certainly do good, good works in the name of Jesus. But that has nothing to do with it. Salvation is God's life coming back into our heart and our life. And so Jesus told Nicodemus, who was a very religious man, what did he say to him, Nicodemus? Find you a good church and join it. That's not what he said. Nicodemus, do all the good works you can. Feed the poor, clothe the naked, visit the hospital, visit the sick. Hey, oh, that's good, but he didn't say that. You know what he said to Nicodemus? Who came looking for truth. He said, I want to know the truth, Jesus. Jesus said to him, John 3, Jesus answered and said to him, Truly I say to you, unless you're born again, you will not enter the kingdom of God. Nicodemus, I'm going to tell you the truth about salvation. You've got to be born again. Nicodemus said, how can a man be born when he is old? He can't go back into his mother's womb. Jesus, I'm not talking about that. You've already had a physical birth. He said, Jesus, in verse 5, listen to the words of Jesus. True, oh, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of, the wa born of water, physical birth, and the spirit, spiritual birth, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. For that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel. This is all Jesus' words that I said to you, you must be born again. Jesus said, Nicodemus, when God created Adam, he was physically alive, soulishly alive and spiritually alive. But Adam sinned. And when Adam sinned, he died. He, he, he continued to live physically, but his body became a mortal body. He continued to live soulishly, but his mind, emotions, and will began to deteriorate. But he died instantly spiritually. And you know, Nicodemus, everybody born since Adam, except Jesus, has been physically alive soulishly alive and spiritually dead. So you want to know about salvation, Nicodemus? You've got to have a spiritual birth. 
You've got to be born of the Spirit. What happens is that the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ comes into your heart and the Holy Spirit comes to live in you and you become spiritually alive. What Adam lost, you get back. Salvation is not getting you out of earth into heaven. Salvation is getting God out of heaven into you. Christ in you, the hope of God's glory. And so he... The truth about salvation is we have to have a spiritual birth. And no church can give us a spiritual birth. No works can give us a spiritual birth. Nothing can give us a spiritual birth unless Jesus Christ, the living Son of God, comes to live in us and we are born of the Spirit of God. That's the truth about salvation. You say, well, they say this and they say that. Hey, I I don't care what they say. I want to know what Jesus said. He said, you must be born again. And then turn to Matthew 7. I want to show you something about this thing of salvation. Jesus knew that's where the battle was going to be fought. Oh, he knew that's where the battle was going to be fought in this matter of salvation. And so over in Matthew chapter 7, he said these words. He talked about two roads. Isn't it interesting? Verse 13 and verse 14 of Matthew 7. He was talking about life and also about death. And so here he is talking about life and talking about salvation. The truth about salvation, you've got to be born again. He said, but now let me tell you something now. There there are two roads. One of them's good and one of them's bad. And you don't need to get on the wrong road. Matthew 7, 13. Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be that go in thereat. He said, Nicodemus, he didn't, wasn't talking to Nicodemus here, but he was saying to us, let me tell you about salvation. There's a broad road and there's a big gate. But the only problem about that road, it leads to death. It leads to death. But he says there's a narrow gate and a narrow way. Enter by the narrow gate, for for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be that go in by it. Because narrow is the gate. This is Jesus now. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way that leads to life, and there are few that find it. Jesus said, you know, there's a bunch of lies out there. They're saying the way, the, the way to have life is just get on the broad road. Just walk the broad road. It's broad. It's not narrow. You just do whatever you want to do. Live any way you want to live. Just, just live it up. Live for you. Just get on the broad road. The broad road of religion. The broad road of good works. The broad road of intellectual uh, intelligence. Just get on the broad road. It leads to destruction. You say, but Brother Fred, they're sincere. Wait a minute. There's a way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof is the way of death. About three times the word of God says that. Oh, there's a way that seems right to man, but the end thereof. You say, but Brother Fred, it says here, Jesus said that the gate is narrow and the road is narrow and few. Well, Think of the billions of Hindus 
Think of the billions of Muslims. Think of the billions of Buddhists. Think of the billions of religious people. They're not on the right road. And to be honest, heaven's not going to be overpopulated. You say, but they're so sincere. Sincerity is not the way of salvation. You have to have a new birth. And Jesus warns us. He said, let me tell you about it now. They're going to lie to you about the way of salvation. Stay there in Matthew 7, and look what he says. And boy, this is so true of our day in which we're living. And I'm going to be very careful here that I don't mess up and say some things I shouldn't say. But he said, look at verse 15. He said, there's a broad road that leads to destruction. There's a narrow road that leads to life. Beware. Is verse 15. Beware. There are liars out there. The devil's a liar. He's the father of lies. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. Oh, we're religious. We're one of God's sheep. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravening wolves. You see, Jesus warned us. Here's the truth. You've got to be born again. Here's the truth. The gate is narrow and the way is narrow. And few they'll find it. He said, but let me tell you something. There are going to be people that are going to lie to you. And they're false prophets. And you beware of them. You beware of them. Beware of them. Because they'll lead you to destruction. And then he says, you can know them by their fruits. It says here in verse 16, you will know them by their fruits. Men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles. Every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear good fruit. A, a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor a bad tree uh, bear good fruit. Therefore, in verse 20, therefore by their fruits, you shall know them. You're not, we're not supposed to judge. We're not judged. We're fruit inspectors. If you live like hell, I don't think you're going to heaven. You're judging me. No, I'm just looking at the fruit. If you lived like hell and went to heaven, you'd be miserable. You know, he said, beware. Jesus spoke the truth about life. I'm telling you, he spoke about that man is in the image of God. He spoke about the fact that the soul of man is of great value. And he warned about getting on the wrong road. He said, I have come. This is John 10, 10. Listen to Jesus' words. I have come that you might have what? Life and have it more abundantly. He said, don't be, just be aware of the false prophets. And then, um, he said, the way you get in on the narrow road is you repent of your sins. Luke 13, 1 through 5, I tell you, except you repent, you will all likewise perish. He says it again in Luke 13, unless you repent, you'll perish. So he warns of not repentance, of that we have to repent of our sins, which means we not only confess them, but we forsake them. You have not repented of sin if you continue to live in it. Forget that. All you've done is confessed it to make you have your conscience, 
but you have not repented unless you confess it and forsake it. Does that mean you'll be perfect? No, but it'll mean you'll be holy. And in verse John 10, Jesus said, listen to me carefully, I am the door. I am the door of the sheep. By me, if anyone goes in and out, they shall be saved. And you know, so Jesus said, listen, I'm the door. There's no other door. There's no other door. And I'm going to close by saying this. And I'm not about half through, but I'm still going to do it. I don't like this time schedule. But anyway, we're going to go on. I want you to listen to what Jesus said about life. Don't miss this. He said there's one sure foundation for life. You want to know what it is? So that you won't come to the end of the road and say, my heavens, I've missed it. Listen to it. John, Matthew 7, 24 through 26. Listen to it. Whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, whoever hears the truth that I speak and obeys it, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does it, is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. He built his house on what Jesus said. He built his house on the truth. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them is a wise man who built his house on a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house and it didn't fall because it was founded on a rock. Hallelujah. But whoever hears the truth I speak and does not do it is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon it and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Whoever hears these sayings of mine, truth, and does them, is a wise man, a wise woman, who built his life upon a rock. And that rock is Jesus.